Talking with T, your urban talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage its listeners with trending news, hot topics, current events, real issues, interesting interviews, new music, and much more. Greetings for this meeting. You're back where it's at for our weekly chat. There's proof in our truth as we chatter about what matters on the show designed with you in mind. Thanks for tuning in to another edition you shouldn't be missing, bringing you the best of trending news, hot topics, interesting interviews, new music, and much more. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Robert Minter, and his award-winning talk show, What's Going On? The longest-running show on CTV with Ray Brown on camera and featuring yours truly as his co-host. What's Going On currently airs each Sunday at 2 p.m., but the time will change to Sundays at noon starting January 1st. You can check out the show on Local Channel 12, and for more ways to watch, visit TalkingWithT.com, where you can also see past episodes. Talking With T would love to feature your organization or business. Become a sponsor or advertise on the show. Let us help you reach more people and promote your brand, service, or product. It's December 14th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, rapper Offset, and Grammy Award-winning jazz musician Clark Terry. Today on the national calendar is National Alabama Day and National Monkey Day. The theme this month is Dump It in December. Stop looking for peace and happiness in the same place you lost it. Sometimes there is something or someone that just needs to be gone. It's not salvageable. This week, I'm going to respectfully share that some people have been stuck in a relationship that is not going anywhere or you are with someone who is no good for you. Although you may have invested time, resources, and even your heart, sometimes you gotta throw the whole thing away and just start over. I know it's hard, we've all been there, but life is too precious and your joy is too valuable to waste it on someone who does not appreciate you. Some people should be a part of your history and not a part of your destiny. Business owners, church leaders, entrepreneurs, why not build your brand on Talking With T, your urban talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage. Call today, 865-409-1170 for more details or visit TalkingWithT.com. Let's turn our attention to a few news bits for today. Help is on the way. The efforts to get vaccines across the country are underway as the U.S. continues to face record-breaking numbers of COVID-19 cases and deaths. The U.S. has topped 16 million infections. Locally, our own Knox County Board of Health Director, Dr. Martha Buchanan, has tested positive for COVID-19, and the Knox County school system has moved to all online learning through the remainder of this semester. Florida standout forward Keontae Johnson, the Southeastern Conference's preseason player of the year, who previously tested for COVID-19, collapsed coming out of a timeout against rival Florida State and needed emergency medical attention. It is reported he is in critical but stable condition. We also lost country music legend Charlie Pride due to complications from COVID at age 86. It is predicted we won't regain real relief and gain back life as we knew it pre-COVID until next summer. As many Republicans led by the current inhabitant of the White House continue to dispute the election results. Pro-Trump rallies are causing havoc and mayhem across the country. Thousands gathered in D.C., mostly unmasked, 
to show their allegiance to a dysfunctional mindset. Four people were stabbed, officers were injured, and 23 people were arrested. One of the most disturbing stories I read this week was about a federal investigation looking into the death of a black man killed by police as he was entering his own home. Casey Goodson, age 23, was shot this past Friday by Deputy Jason Meade, working for the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force. But Goodson was not the person they were looking for. The story says he put his keys in his front door before being shot, where he fell into the kitchen in front of his five-year-old brother and 72-year-old grandmother. Goodson was not alleged to have committed any crimes, had no criminal history, and was not the target of any investigation. Such a tragic loss of life. Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. WJBE 99.7 FM and 1040 AM, just the best every day. All right, listeners, do I have a treat for us today? I am so excited to have on Talking with T the first African-American woman city council member for Knoxville, Gwen McKenzie, Vice Mayor McKenzie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. All right. So I'm just going to cut to the chase. By now, some of us have either seen it on TV or read it in the newspaper that you are putting before the Knoxville City Council a resolution to acknowledge, apologize, and take action and atonement for the things that have historically happened to African-American citizens. And I want you to really give us more information about that, and I'm going to put it out there now publicly that I'm behind it. Okay. I support it, and and but I, I, hey, I don't want you all just to take my word for it. I want you to hear directly from Vice Mayor McKenzie, the inspiration behind this resolution, and really what it entails, and then we can all rally together and support what's due. So what's the official title of the resolution? So the official title of the resolution is the African-American Equity Restoration Resolution. And so the title for this uh, was very specific, not to state the word reparations, but the word restoration. And that was really important because we are asking for a hand up, not a handout, to help restore what was taken from the African-American community in our past. One shout-out to Mr. Zimbabwe Matabu is that he has historically over the last 50-plus years been advocating for rescue and restoration of the black community. And so that has stuck with me uh, through through the last few years. And so uh, as I was working on this uh, resolution, that just hit my heart. God laid that word on my heart. And so, and I actually have already shared that with Mr. Zimbabwe, but it is so important that You know, the timing is now, in 2020, for this resolution to be read and hopefully will be passed uh, and voted on by the city city council members to, like you said, in order for us to start healing, we have to acknowledge uh, and apologize for what has happened in the past, if if you will, the sins of the fathers, because none of us who are currently this marriage administration nor city council, we had nothing directly to do with that. We didn't even have anything directly to do with slavery that that was 
happening in Knoxville, Tennessee in the 1700s. But we know now it was wrong. We know that it was wrong. And so we as leaders now have the responsibility to say, hey, we're going to acknowledge that. We're apologizing for it. And in addition to that, to start the healing and the trust building in the black community, we're going to recommend commissioning a task force, an African-American Equity Restoration Task Force, that will be 90 to 95% African-American, that will look at all of the disparities and disenfranchisement areas. And I'd like to recommend and hope that the task force will look at the top three. We know that we have a 42% uh, poverty rate in the African-American community. That's a benchmark. That's a number that we can work off of. So it, to me, economic development, economic empowerment. What are some of those solutions, those uh, strategic solutions that this task force can look at to say, if we were to put this in place or if we were to enhance an existing program and their capacity where they could reach more people, and a lot of it is going to be marketing and actually going to the people, in my opinion, and I hope that the task force, you know, will agree on that, but we have got to help create more jobs. We have to be able to have a mechanism to help people get to those jobs to reduce unemployment in the African-American community, but not just jobs, but jobs that are making living wages. So people can, we can break this cycle of generational poverty and now have opportunities for generational wealth building. So we also know that education, education empowerment, financial literacy, we've got to have partnerships with some of these banks. We have a lot of banks in the black community, but we don't have a lot of equity in these banks as it relates to relationship building and also financial literacy. You know, I'd love to see the task force come back and say, you know what, we want to ask the banking institutions to create a program, a financial literacy program, and Project HOPE uh, has something along those lines, but after you complete that course, maybe it is an hour a week, uh, that if you don't have a bank account open with one of these banks, that they'll open up an account for you and actually put a monetary amount in your savings account to get you started. And so these are the kind of things that we've got to, we've got to start looking at some more creative solutions that are going to help our community work our way out of this poverty, but also the wealth building piece of it. We know that the Knoxville, Tennessee has a very small percentage of black wealth. We don't have a lot of, we don't have any black CEOs or business owners that have employment capability of 75 to over 100 people that they can hire from our community. And we also have a very small black middle class. And that's a travesty. That is a travesty, even compared to a Chattanooga, a Nashville. And we know that Memphis has a a larger percentage of African Americans, but there is no reason that Knoxville, Tennessee, with all the opportunities for people to be able to thrive business-wise, that we're in the state that we're in now. And so when we look back, over the years, that can be traced back to urban renewal when we did have 107 thriving businesses that were black here in this community. Can you imagine if urban renewal had not demolished those businesses and homes? That would have been generational yeah. wealth building right there. We would have had that yeah. black wealth and been able to compete. But because of this disparity, there's a significant wealth gap between white residents and black residents in Knoxville, Tennessee. And so this task force is going to be extremely important. And then, you know, we also, when we talk about disparity, you know, we've got to have, when you talk about education, we've got to have more 
youth early intervention. We've got to have those mentorship programs, those tutoring programs. We have a lot of children, and you know this yourself, we have a lot of children that are getting passed on to different grade levels, and they're not reading at the, at the correct grade level and capacity. So a lot of kids are getting frustrated. They don't want to tell some a person that they can't, the teacher, or admit that they can't read on that level. But mentorship, one-on-one with, with a kid, and help them be able to read to a great level that they should be so they can get out here and thrive in the job field, thrive in the business market. So there, I mean, it's endless. And we also know at the end of the day, there's a correlation uh, just naturally with crime and poverty. And so, right. again, that's another disparity in the area of disenfranchisement that we've got to be able for our kids to see people that look like them that are thriving. They've got to see that black wealth and know that, hey, it's out here and you can get it and you don't have to sell drugs to be able to have money in Knoxville, Tennessee. And so, again, the the last thing that I would love to see the task force look at in the disparity category is health and wellness. Mm-hmm. We do not have adequate health care access in the black community. We do not do enough when it comes to preventive education. A lot of times what happens when we go to the doctors when something's wrong, and when something's hurt, right. and a lot of times by then you may be diagnosed with stage four cancer, you may be diagnosed with diabetes and, and other things that are disproportionately. Preventative health care, yeah, could have helped. Absolutely. And so, again, and when we talk about health care, COVID-19, I mean, it affects black people disproportionately than any other race. And so education for health care is important. And then also child and family mental health care services. We all know have heard, most people have heard about ACEs, which basically Mm -hmm. is trauma. We've got to break that stigma of not getting help for our mental health, not getting help with counseling because, Unfortunately, there's a lot of trauma in our communities as well. I mean, and so all of those things culminated and pulled together, you know, they set the stage for generational poverty and to keep people in a state of hopelessness. And this is what this resolution is all about. It is about just pouring in and investing, just solutioning and investment for the future generations, for our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. We want young black people to not want to leave Knoxville, Tennessee when they graduate from high school. We want young black people that come to school here in Knoxville uh, from other places to say, hey, Knoxville is a place that I want to stay because they, I'm seeing black people have opportunities to thrive and be and, get, and gain wealth uh, and be able to be a part of that. And so this is, you know, to me, this can be historic for our city. And the, the timing is now. The timing is now. So you hear four big things, and education, health and wellness, economic empowerment, and also mental health. And all of that is incorporated into the resolution. And listeners, in fairness, I'm not unfamiliar with this. I want you to know a lot of research and intention has gone behind the development of this resolution. Now, since I don't have to be politically correct, let me say this to y'all. Let me say this. Because I know, and it's like that with anything, everybody's not going to agree. We have people that are looking for ways to be on the other side. We'll just put it that way, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And we find that, although I hope that 
this sparks a movement of us coming together for something that will be a win-win for everybody and not just for the citizens of color in our city, but it really is a win for everybody. But I want to say this. People are going to ask, well, what's the difference in this and the other programs or the other plans or the other investments? And I challenge you to think about it like this. From what I've seen, what I've heard and the programs, a lot of them have been structured and given to us without a lot of our input. We didn't lead them. This is being led directly by the people that it will impact. And so that's one thing I like. I also like that it's a nice package so that it's holistic and you're not picking one thing at a time. You know, I think about some of the programs and I said, I won't even live to see the fruit of the labor. You know, if we pick one little bitty thing at a time, it's not going to work. It's not going to be as effective. And the reason I support this, I have to. You know, I have committed a lot of my work and service to my community. And my lane is really youth advocacy, and I owe it to them. You mentioned generational wealth. You mentioned us, you know, creating a cycle where families thrive, black families thrive. People want to stay here. I owe it to the youth I serve. I owe it to my child and your child, white, black, brown, or blue, that we create a better Knoxville where everybody can thrive. I don't see a problem with that. I don't know, and like I said, people naturally oppose. Nobody's going to like everything. But it's going to be a hard sell for you to convince me that this isn't the right thing to do. And so I want everybody to, and I'm actually going to share the link so that you can read the resolution in detail. But Vice Mayor McKenzie, number one, this is historic, as you mentioned, but it's also courageous. Because now you're not alone, but you you did step out. I don't know if you stepped out on faith or limb, but you stepped out. <laughs> and yeah. and said the time is now yeah. and that you were gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Right? You didn't you did you didn't wait wait on the cheerleaders. You didn't wait till you had a whole group of people marching down the street. You said the time is now, and you put it out there, and you gathered a group. You And I know, and people need to also know this, you didn't just do this on your own. Absolutely. You had a lot of conversations. You consulted with a lot of people. You did a lot of research. You went back in history. I mean, it's so much more than what they can see. Yeah. But you were going to share something else with us? Yeah. So uh, I wanted to, to just uh, go back when you, when you talked about uh, – you know, us living to see it uh, for generations. And in the resolution, uh, I was very mindful of that, and I'm also very mindful that sometimes if we don't, you know, put specific uh, parameters around something, the can just gets kicked down the road until people kind of forget about it. And so in Mm -hmm. this resolution, it does ask that this financial commitment be satisfied within 10 years. And so I do also want to point out that, the financial commitment that's being asked is $100 million of investment, and that is to be primarily acquired through state, local, but more importantly, federal grants that are okay. out there that support these types of initiatives. Now we have a Biden-Harris administration who are already talking about reparations. The National Black Caucus is already 
looking to go down this path with some other things around funding. So if the city will agree, you know, once city council – well, once city council passes this resolution, the city administration will now uh, have to start looking for those dollars. It can also be satisfied through private investment dollars as well. And the city will, you know, will contribute money uh, into this fund. So I don't want people, I've, I've heard people say that, oh, well, they're going to raise taxes to come up with this $100 million. That's not, that's not the goal here. The goal is, of course, there are federal grants out there, and it is well known that they're out there. We just have to go get them. We're also asking in this resolution that uh, the city mayor's administration allow community empowerment department to work directly with this task force because there's going to be a lot of research and a lot of reports because we're also saying we want this task force to report in to the mayor and city council quarterly on their research, on their solutions, uh, and then the account, accounting of the investment dollars and dispersion will come from uh, come through community empowerment. So nobody can say, oh, something funny happening with the money. All of right. that has so been accounted for in this resolution. You got accountability and transparency. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those things are so important because we do have people out there that are looking for reasons to pick this apart. And at the end of the day, what I do want to say is, you know, Tanisha, I want to thank you uh, as well because this is this is our, this is a collective <laughs> resolution. I'm just a person who God is using to bring it forth. And, yes, it is his timing. I'm stepping out on faith. This is his timing. Mm-hmm. But just the conversations, the dialogue, uh, where you have come to me in the past and talked about issues that are going on, all of that poured into this. All of that poured into this resolution. And so I just want to thank you for all that you do to advocate in our community and in this city uh, and just sharing your opinions. And you're a very, you've got some strong opinions. Uh, <laughs> and, and I love that. And so here's what I want to tell people, that we may not always agree on, on things, but at the end of the day, our goals are the same. And this is, if people can't see that this is something that should bring us together for the greater good, you know, I, I, I mean, I would just kind of question uh, just what their agenda is because there you, is a lot of You would do that. I'm going to give them the side eye. And, <laughs> and, and you're right. And people that know me know I don't take things lightly. Yeah. And so – this is serious. I'm taking this serious, and I'm taking the support of this seriously. And one thing I know, uh, if, you know, I love data. And so I'm looking at the data behind the resolution, and it's all there. I know in my zip code, I live in 37915. If I go mm-hmm. to another zip code, the life expectancy rate is a 10-year difference if I was mm-hmm. just to move zip codes in this city. Yeah. And I could get on a soapbox, but we don't have time in this show for that. I might get on one later. I'll tell you where I am going to get on my soapbox because I'm going to sign up and speak in front of city council uh, when they read this resolution. Yes. Well, yes. I, I appreciate that. And, and I would just encourage anyone that is in support of this resolution, please reach out to city council members. You can either call uh, call them or email them. And, you know, if you want to, or if you're so inclined to want to speak to city council, 
uh, you can call 215-2075 and just let the city recorder know that you want to sign up to speak at city council. We are still virtual. So just to be clear, don't want anybody showing up at the city county building Tuesday because we will not be there. We are virtual. You can watch it on CTV. You can watch it on YouTube. But if you want to sign up and speak, uh, he will take your information and your email address, and he will send you the link where you will be able to log in and speak. We don't uh, show people on video, but we do hear your voice and your comments. City Council uh, does not engage and go back and forth, but we listen and we hear what people are saying. And so I just appreciate uh, all the support, and we have gathered a lot of support so far and a lot of diverse support. And so at the end of the day, I feel like in 2020, this racial pandemic and mm-hmm. awakening that has happened in so many people and our brothers and sisters uh, that are outside of the African-American race, I want to applaud them for standing with us, you know, with Black Lives Matter. And when we saw a lot of the protests and the rallies, and especially here in Knoxville, it was, mm-hmm. it was our white brothers and sisters that were standing up for us. Mm-hmm. It was them, and so I want to thank them uh, for understanding the plight of black people. And now lie. Not, yeah, and not just historically, but what we are still, the injustices mm-hmm. that we are still dealing with. Because when you see what happened to George Floyd, I guarantee you a dog would have been treated better than, than they treated this man. And that's just man. one case. We uh, shared another and story on the show today of a gentleman oh. walking into his own home, not by, doesn't have yeah. a criminal record, hadn't committed a crime yeah. and was killed. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and so the, um, the, the struggle, the fight continues. So I don't want yeah. anybody to be remiss that by any means that this is going to be the end all because it's not. We are still fighting a battle. We are still fighting this battle because Black men and women are still being murdered and killed just simply because of the color of our skin. We're not given the benefit of the doubt. Right. You know, so, so I'm going to talk to the street committee real quick, uh, Vice Mayor McKenzie. Now, I want you to read the resolution, but if you have questions or concerns, before you bash it, ask for clarity. If you have a suggestion, because we know that this is, and, and Vice Mayor McKenzie mentioned, this is a collective, it's a collective document that is taken in, and this is what it feels like to be heard. So what it is is hearing the voices of the people, the concerns, and putting that into a resolution and a plan of action. But if you don't understand it, if you think something was left out, whatever that is, address it. Call. Ask your questions so that we're all clear and can be unified in the support of making Knoxville a better place by taking care of every citizen. So I just want to thank you so much. Thank well, you. Well, you, you, you are more than welcome. You are more than welcome. And thank you, you know, for allowing me and other people to come on with Talk With Tea because one thing I will give you is that you are always going to keep it real. Uh, <laughs> you are not going to mince any words. Uh <laughs> you got, and, and I so appreciate that about you that much like your mama. You are that much <laughs> like your mama. And uh and I know that she she is smiling down. Both our mothers are smiling down uh right now yeah. that we are working together in this in this capacity and, and fighting for what's right. And so I hope that people will read this resolution and realize that 
our voices are being heard. They are being heard, and they're being heard through this resolution. So I just pray that everybody will be able to accept it uh, and support it. But if nothing else, my thing is this, if you can't help, don't hurt. And so uh, in closing, I just want to say God bless you and God bless everyone else. And, and everybody, please be safe. Please be safe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but be reminded you can call in with your thoughts or opinions to our talk line. That's 865-409-1170. You can also leave comments on TalkingWithTea.com, share stories or spill some tea. In the meantime and in between time, engage with us on social media and subscribe to Talking With Tea Daily, our online newspaper for your daily scoop of trending news to find out what we're talking about. Thank you for tuning in to Talking With Tea, your urban talk show. The show designed with you in mind. And we would love to connect with you right now on social media. All things Talking With Tea. And you can listen to the show 24-7, 365 on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Now on that note, tea will end with a quote. Accept what is. Let go of what was. Believe in what will be. Remember where you heard the word. Keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.